You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles, at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunder Pod. Email the show, L-O Thunder Pod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405 405- 362-7128. You can also check out BricktownBuckets.com. This show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. We're going to dive into the trade rumors that are just living on NBA Twitter right now. It's officially trade season. We're getting closer and closer to that trade deadline. So there's a ton of rumors coming out about what's going to go down at that deadline right now. We're also going to talk about why the Thunder are one of the teams most heavily impacted by their not being fans in the stands. We're going to talk about what a great job that Mark Dagnott has done so far this year, the power ranking updates as we do every Tuesday, and we're going to preview the Portland Trailblazer game. But we get started with the trade rumors, and this is one of the most fun times in the NBA as we inch toward the deadline. And the Thunder can be real players at this deadline. The first rumor that directly impacts Oklahoma City is the one that the 76ers are interested in George Hill. What does a George Hill trade look like, and what does it look like for specifically the 76ers? There's a lot to dive into here. Now, the report was that the Sixers are looking at how available George Hill is. And in my opinion, George Hill is extremely available. You don't have to look too far for a reference point on George Hill than last year with this Thunder team. A Thunder team... That exceeded expectation. That was a fun team to watch, a competitive team to watch. They still traded Gallinari to Miami before Miami let the deal fall through due to not coming to an agreement with Gallinari on an extension. They still traded Gallinari last year. So I think George Hill's available for the right price, for for the right everything he can be had. And I don't think that the price is too terribly steep for George Hill either. So I think he's extremely available, and I think that there's going to be more teams come out than the 76ers who want him. Like, he will be sought after. I think he's a great fit in Dallas. I think he's a great fit on a lot of teams and a lot of places. And obviously, he's hurt right now, but I don't think that that really matters. I think that he has already proven his value, right? He's already proven what he is as a player. He's not going to change his stock if he plays the next month before the deadline or if he doesn't play the next month before the deadline. Every NBA team understands what they're getting with George Hill, and that's an asset in and of itself that he's so consistent and so reliable. So I do not think that it's a big deal that he's on the sidelines right now. And you look at his contract, you only have to give this guy $9.5 million and a partially guaranteed contract next year. He's only truly guaranteed $1.2 million next year if you didn't want to pick it up in age 35 season. George Hill is very valuable, and the floor spacing he can bring the ball handling he can bring is something that the 76ers and other teams will look at. Now, specifically for the 76ers, as this is the only report we have as of right now, as of this moment, of teams officially interested in George Hill, 
the only way for the Sixers to make this trade work and why I think that it might be an obstacle because there's only one true avenue to make it work. The only way is Mike Scott and Tony Bradley. Those two have to be in the deal. It's the only way to match salary without giving up a piece that's a, a very important, intricate part of the rotation. These are the only two expendable pieces that can go back to Oklahoma City because remember, Terrence Ferguson cannot go back. Vincent Poyer cannot go back. A lot of their a lot of their young, cheap guys cannot return to Oklahoma City or they have cheap guys under club control on a very cheap deal like a Shake Milton type player. So if a trade happens with the 76ers, and it is a, a two-team trade, Oklahoma City and Philadelphia, there's no third team or anything, then the trade has to be centered around George Hill, Mike Scott, and Tony Bradley. For me, I think Oklahoma City still wants at least one second, probably two. I think you can push it to two if more teams get involved, if more teams jump in and want George Hill. But if you get that New York second-round pick, which the Sixers own this year, if you get this year's New York second-round pick and you get Tony Bradley, who is a center and has high upside and was taken in the first round as a flyer pick, if you get that for George Hill, it's a pleasure doing business and you've done great. I've been consistent all along when asked about what a George Hill trade looks like. It looks like a couple seconds and maybe a second and flyer prospect, which is what this trade would be. It'd be a second round pick and a flyer prospect. I think wanting anything more than that would take Sam Presti just being a magician, which, hey, he pretty well is for the most part a magician. But I think that this is about his range and about what he's worth. And for Tony Bradley, I mean, it's a 23-year-old center. He's 6'10". He's, again, a first-round draft pick, drafted with pick 28 in the 2017 draft. He showed flashes in Utah, you know, whenever he was with uh, the Jazz, especially last year, playing in 58 games last year for that Utah team. You know, it's a nice project. It's a nice guy to throw in the group, especially at a weaker position. If you're going to take a gamble and take a flyer on a position for the Thunder, center makes a lot of sense. You really need big men, and you really need big men depth, and adding Tony Bradley would not be the worst thing in the world in terms of reclamation projects. You're not exactly log-jammed at the big man position. I like the trade. If the trade's going to be around George Hill going to Philadelphia and Mike Scott and Tony Bradley coming back, it's perfectly fine with me. And that's the only way to make the money work, again, without the Sixers adding something that would truly hurt their rotation and hurt their core. But George Hill was not the only player involved in these trade rumors today. We got a ton. So Blake Blake Griffin is going to remain sidelined and resting until the Pistons find a spot for him. If if that's a trade or a buyout market type thing, Blake Griffin will remain sidelined until he's got a new home, as will Andre Drummond and the Cavaliers. They're going to sit out until they get a new trade. And I think that this is interesting that these two big men are on the market because Comparatively to Al Horford, now again, disassociate the contracts. Just Al Horford, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, who do you want right now for a contending team? If you are Boston, if you are somebody who can make a title run, would you rather have Horford, Drummond, or or Griffin? I'd rather have Horford. And then when you look at those contracts, it's clear Horford's the best player of, of these three. When you look at the contracts, Horford's owed $27 million for the next two years. Drummond is an expiring deal, but you have to pay him 28.7 this year. And Blake Griffin has 36 owed this year and then a player option next year for 28, which he's going to pick up if you trade for him straight up on this contract. And with the free agency class getting weaker and weaker, if there's a way to trade for you know Blake Griffin or trade for Andre Drummond, 
there's got to be a way to trade for Al Horford if you're going to take on that salary, especially Blake Griffin. So if Blake Griffin gets dealt and there's no buyout, then you start to perk up a bit if you're someone who wants Al Horford traded in the season. And I've been somebody who's been consistent saying that I just don't see it happening. I don't see a way to match those salaries within the year. But when you factor in the fact of Drummond and Griffin are going to get moved and likely get moved via a trade. And then again, the free agency class this year was supposed to be loaded. It was supposed to be jam-packed when you had Giannis, you had all these guys. The class this upcoming year is not that great. Like it fell apart quickly. It fell apart before the year even started. So if you want to improve your team, a good way to do it is Al Horford. If I had to bet money right now, I still do not think he gets moved in season. But if Griffin or, or Drummond is not bought out and they're traded, I, I will be stunned. Now, of course, if the Pistons attach assets, there's certainly a landing spot for him. And I don't think it's in Oklahoma City, but there is certainly a landing spot for him if you're going to get Griffin and a first-round pick or something, which the Thunder will not have to do. When the Thunder do trade out Horford, if it's in the season before the deadline or if it's in the offseason, you won't get a lot of things back for Al Horford. Like, you won't get a, a great return. You also, in my opinion, will not have to give up a first-round pick to move him. His contract will become more manageable if he continues to play the way he's playing right now, which there's no reason to believe he won't. So I think you can monitor Al Horford now. I've been firm in saying that I don't see a pathway for him to get traded in the year and for him to get traded you know, with the parameters of that contract during a season. It's just much harder to do. But... When they're starting to have talks of, you know, truly trading Drummond and truly trading Griffin without a buyout, it perks years up a little bit. So keep a look on Al Horford. But with George Hill, I think that he is the clear-cut guy getting traded this year for the Thunder. And it just becomes what team cashes in. George Hill will provide a a great service for a lot of teams in the NBA this year. And he will be a, a real contender. And we'll talk about that in the power ranking segment of where else George Hill can land. I've mentioned Dallas. We've got reports officially of the 76ers. There's another destination that's pretty interesting for George Hill. I also want to talk about why having no fans has hurt Oklahoma City more than most teams and talk about how great of a job Mark has done while also previewing the Portland game. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is an amazing website serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you probably couldn't use the internet properly. You didn't know what you were doing on the internet, but you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need. Listen, there's no point to go to a chain auto parts store or a dealership. They're only going to upcharge you for those parts. Skip that upcharge. Go to rockauto.com and get all the parts your car will ever need. My favorite part about their website is how easy it is to navigate. All I have to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database, and they're going to show me only the parts and brands that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not paying for parts I don't need or parts I cannot use. And again, there is just one set price. It's not upcharged for do-it-yourselfers or for actual workers. Whatever you're in, whatever category you're in, you're going to pay the exact same price across the board, and it will be reliably low, and it will be an amazing selection of anything you can think of and anything that you need at rockauto.com. So head on over there right now, rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. And the how did you hear about us box, and they'll know what to do from there. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are back on Locked On Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you 
on this network. You can go check out Locked On Today. Get more of the sport news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Pete Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories around sports with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with the sport news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including the radio.com app. So I want to talk now about why the Thunder playing in front of no fans is, is actually hurting them more than most teams. Because when you watch this Thunder team, the energy they give and the effort they give is more than any other NBA team. When you imagine this team in front of a home crowd, it elevates what they can be because they give more effort and energy than anyone in the NBA. And these players will feed off of that. They feed off the crowd. They feed off that energy. And so imagine taking this Thunder's effort level to a level 10 with Loud City in the arena. So I think that that's hurting the team a bit. And it's hurting everyone in the NBA without having that juice and without having that kind of fan environment. I think that that's why we're seeing more blowout games this year is because that there's no fans there and it kind of just lacks energy. And the Thunder team can create their own energy. So if they could create this energy by themselves, imagine the energy that they can have with a crowd. Something I thought of, something interesting, just wanted to touch on it a bit. I think that the Thunder might be the ones who are hurt the most by not having a stadium full of fans. Obviously, everyone understands the reason why, and it's a great reason why, and the Thunder are doing a great job of not having fans there. But still, I think that this team could benefit from having fans if it was safe to do so, which it is not right now. So we'll have to wait and see what happens moving forward. I do want to praise Mark Dagnut some more, and I know I've done this before. I know that I have praised him at nauseum, but he truly is one of the best coaches we've seen in Oklahoma City. I mean, one of the best coaches to ever pace the sidelines for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you're seeing that on display day in and day out. The dribble handoff action he has in his offense, the out-of-timeout plays that he has, just the the sets that they run, everything is, is picture perfect. And you're seeing game-to-game improvements from every single player. I mean, think about how many guys are different than what we saw a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. It's jarring how much of an impact he's made already. On top of being a good X's and O's head coach, on top of being a good game manager, the timeout last night was awesome. And I think that it goes back to knowing your personnel and knowing the kind of team you have. Because some coaches right there in that spot, you know, do not call a timeout less than five games into the less than five minutes into the game. They let their team play and they see what happens. Mark understood that he needed to reset the team. He did that. It worked to perfection. Got a 14-0 run out of it, and the rest is history. Mark's rotation has been the biggest thing. And the rotation of Billy Donovan was really questioned every postseason, including last postseason in the bubble. Mark's rotation has done a phenomenal job of disguising its flaws, disguising the lack of depth, disguising the lack of a point guard, disguising all of that. He's done a great job game to game of having great rotational patterns that allow you to get by without SGA, without Taylor Malvon. I mean, it's a hard thing to do, to play full games without a point guard and play full games with a versatile lineup that can literally set assist records. I mean, within this season, they've had their most assists without SGA on the floor. That's not a knock on SGA. That's just a fact of the ball movement within the offense and, and being able to mix and match the right amount of playmaking on the floor at the exact same time, while also not having a true playmaker. I mean, Diallo's trying to become that. Lou Dort is a point guard in his background. 
But at the end of the day, none of these guys are true playmakers besides Al Horford. And Al Horford has done a phenomenal job at being that point guard. But Kenny Hustle has had moments of where he jumps off the page as a, as a point guard, as a, as a facilitator of an offense. And that all ties back to Mark. And look, we're 26 games in. Mark has had to roll out six different lineups, and somehow they all work. I mean, somehow they each and every one of them work. And this is a Thunder team, by the way. I know that six lineups does not seem too extreme whenever you factor in the fact that you've played 26 games. But this is a Thunder team that's unlike others where you have a set lineup. If everyone's healthy, your lineup is going to be you know, Hill, Shea, Dort, Baisley, Horford. That's your lineup. There's no question about it if everyone's healthy. The Thunder should not be a team that mixes and matches a ton, except for injury. And so since they've had those injuries, they've had to roll out different groups and different pairings. And they've all been some variation of fun. I mean, you look at last night, whenever he takes out Diallo from the starting lineup and he puts in, instead of Diallo, he puts in Justin Jackson. Again, Diallo was not bad in the starting role. He, he had such good moments and it had a lot of things to build off of that were positive, but he felt the need to change it up. And it worked to perfection as Justin Jackson went for another 20-point effort and went 4 for 4 from beyond the arc and won you the game. I mean, he hit the dagger. He hit the, he hit the dagger shot. He was that good in that starting group. What Mark has done with his team has been phenomenal to watch, even as you sit as the second-worst team right now in the Western Conference. And we talk a lot about adjustments people have to make, especially players. Mark wants to have a 10-man rotation. And he literally, for the majority of this season so far, has not had 10 players available, much less a 10-man rotation. So he's been thrown off of what he wants to accomplish, on top of him dealing with everything the players have been. A shortened off season, no training camp, a shortened training camp, shortened preseason. He got hired like a week before training camp even started. He has had to deal with so many obstacles, and he's already looking this good. At the end of the day, you know, coaches are judged by the playoffs, and they're judged by what they do when they get there. And eventually, Mark will get there, you know, whenever that is. And that's when he'll be put under the microscope. But he's set the foundation of being a very, very good coach. And I'll say it again, that Mark is the very best coach the Thunder have ever had. And it's only four coaches. It's a low bar to clear. But he's the very best coach to date in Thunder history, even through 26 games of his career. I want to jump into the power rankings from The Athletic, from ESPN, NBA, Bleacher Report, CBS, my power rankings. Where are the Thunder within that construct? And also, The Athletic did a good job of during their power rankings, listing off where guys like Al Horford and guys like George Hill can fit on different teams. They gave a trade candidate for each and every team, including the Thunder. Who should the Thunder acquire at the NBA deadline? We also have to preview the Portland game as we have an update about SGA and his availability tonight and his availability moving forward. All that is coming up, but first I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% 
welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. Once again, betonline.ag, use promo code locked on. You will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We bet on every single Thunder game. I'm not off to a hot start this year when betting on Thunder games, but we do it anyway at betonline.ag. So try them out today, betonline.ag. That promo code is locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportbook experts. We are back on Locked on Thunder. I want to tell you about our good friends over at Locked on Bets. 2020 is mercifully over its time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. And they're going to be picking you college basketball, NBA locks, all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts from. I, I want to dive in now to the power ranking segment. We do this every single week. We round up where all the Thunder are ranked in these various national power rankings, and we give them to you right here. So the Athletic ranks the Thunder at 27. Harper puts them at 27. But again, he did add different trade candidates for each and every team. Al Horford was the trade target for the Bulls and the Spurs. Found the Spurs one very odd, but the Bulls one is interesting. Billy Donovan, the strong connection there. Uh, he could help the Bulls down low. I'm not sure why the Bulls would want to add Al Horford, but if you know, there is a, a connection there, at least a bridge there. With George Hill, the trade target was the Pelicans, which is very interesting considering he would have been dealt to the Pelicans had they not wanted Steven Adams. And I mean, he could have been a Pelican already. I think that you know, George Hill fits on the Pelicans. He fits on the Mavericks, the 76ers, and almost any other team in the NBA. Now, the Thunder trade target for the Thunder should go after at the deadline was Mo Bamba. And a lot of people in the Thunder fan base love Mo Bamba. I mean, they are in love with the thought of adding him to this Thunder team. I think that he's interesting. And as I said about Bradley, whenever we're talking about the 76ers trade, if you're going to take a flyer and you're going to take a reclamation project and a prospect, make it a center because that has the most boom uh, potential on the boomer bust scale. If you can hit on a center with a flyer trade, that that elevates what you can do moving forward. Because you have a lot of guards who I, who I really like. I mean, you have SGA, Tail Maldon. I, I like that pair before you even make a draft selection. I think that that's a part of your core. I think Bays is a part of your core and Dort's a part of your core. I think that you, know, you have that more so shirt up. Plus, you're going to likely spend a lot of draft capital on wings and guards. You're going to want to find, I think, your center, your big man, not in the draft. I don't want Evan Mobley. I, I want to find the the big man on the free agent market for a cheap deal or in a trade like this, like, like some sort of addition there for the big man. I don't want to spend it on draft capital. So if you can trade for Mobamba and have him hit somehow, which I don't think that he really will, but have him hit somehow on a new change of scenery with one of the best development staffs in the, in the NBA, then so be it. I think that it's worth a chance on any center who has even the most remote potential. I mean, take it like this, the the Knicks prospects, right? You know, before they traded away Dennis Smith Jr. And then they still have uh, Kevin Knox or Mo Bamba. You have those three guys who have not proven anything at the NBA level. I would rather have Mo Bamba only because again, for the Thunder specifically, it really helps on a position of need. If you can get that boom potential out of him. And look, if any team can, it's the Thunder who have the best development staff in the NBA. So so it'd be interesting. I understand why people are enamored with Mo Bamba and Magic fans just do not seem to understand why he's not playing. So maybe there's something there. 
Sure. I mean, it's kind of where I'm at. It's just, sure, why not? I mean, what, what's the worst that can happen if you trade for Mobamba? He will not cost you a ton to get from Orlando. ESPN drops Oklahoma City at 24. NBA.com has him at 23. Bleacher Report has him at 22. CBS has him at 20. I, I think that these are still too high at CBS and, and even Bleacher Report to an extent. I think that the that the truth is somewhere between ESPN and Athletic. It's it's 24, 25, 26, 27. Somewhere in that range is where Oklahoma City is at. And as we said on the postgame pod, there's a lot of talk right now about the Thunder over exceeding expectations. And I, I don't think that they are. I think that they're meeting expectations, which is still pretty rare to actually meet the expectations set out for you. In the preseason, I've said for a month straight, listen, this team is going to be bad win-loss-wise. But it's going to be competitive. It's going to be fun. The ball can bounce your way, so who knows what happens at that point. And they've been fun. They've been competitive, and the ball has bounced their way in a few games in which, on paper, it shouldn't have. That's the bottom line. They've done exactly what we thought they would do. I did find the power rankings interesting with the Athletic doing the trade partner type thing. Mo Bamba, why not? Let's, let's see it. Let's see it with Mo Bamba. I think that a lot of people were all in on Mo Bamba during that draft class. But with the Portland preview tonight, this game is just injuries galore. Like, each side is going to deal with a ton of injuries. We do not have the full injury report as of the time I'm recording this podcast. I'm recording this podcast after our press conference with Mark Tegnot, which he only gave us an update on SGA because he was only asked about SGA. The rest will come out on the injury report at about 7.30 tonight, so I'll tweet that out. For everyone listening to this podcast, go over to my Twitter account at Rylan underscore styles, that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S, and you will find the injury report there. For this game, Mark told us this afternoon that SGA is out and that he is still dealing with that knee injury, but mentions that SGA is very close and we will see him soon. But as of now, was his direct quote, as of now, SGA is out. So that kind of leaves some wiggle room, but maybe not. I would operate under the assumption that SGA is out tonight against Portland. Now for the Blazers, they're without CJ McCollum, they're without Yusuf Nurkic, they're without Zach Collins, they're without Rodney Hood, and Harry Giles. They're missing a ton of pieces from this team, even while upsetting Dallas a couple nights ago. And so they'll come into Oklahoma City, and they'll try to ride that momentum of beating Dallas, and Oklahoma City will try to ride the momentum of beating Milwaukee. There is no odds right now for this game, so I'll tweet out the bet of the game. For the Moneyball prediction, I'm going to go back with Al Horford. I think that he has a nice night from beyond the arc after going two for seven against Milwaukee. He kind of bounces back a bit from the three-point area. Let me know on Twitter your ideal George Hill trades. Let me know what you think about Al Horford. Do you think he can get moved in season? Which is something I'm more interested in now than I was a couple weeks ago. Let me know on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder wherever you get your podcasts from. We will be back after this game against Portland. Make sure you're staying safe out there with the icy roads and conditions. So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.